This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome back to Phoenix and Flame. This is Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. I wanted to do an episode on the impact that COVID-19 has had on all of us. We all feel like we've been pulled into some kind of alternate universe. Um, the, the streets are empty. Many, many stores are empty. The small businesses are empty. The only thing that's really functioning, what has been deemed, quote, essential, end quote, are places where you can get food like grocery stores um, places that have drive-throughs, uh, some larger restaurants are, uh, you can order something and, and drive by and pick it up. They'll come out and bring it to you. You can't go in, but the malls are closed. Uh, any kind of shopping is closed. That's not considered essential. Now the hospitals, they're essential clearly, but the visitation has been significantly curtailed. The patient, him or herself, is the only one that's allowed in. There's no visiting. Um, and it's it's kind of nuts. I mean, I, I heard a story here recently where someone's father was admitted into the hospital, and he had a, a later form of dementia, and the family was not allowed to go in there with him. And the nurses are run ragged. I mean, bless their hearts, and they're, they're calling... Uh, nurses out to, to do primary care and, and hands-on frontline in the trenches that haven't done that for 20 plus years. And they're trying so hard and they're just exhausted. At a time like that, it'd be nice to have family in the room kind of helping with some things, but there's they're not. And it's just, it's different times. Um, the the streets, they're so deserted. They look like a post-apocalypse. I mean, it's just, it's weird. Um, you don't see many people out. And because of the social distancing, if you are out, you you know, people are supposed to be spread apart. The parks have had to be closed. They have tape, um, like caution tape, wrapped around playgrounds because the City officials saw that people were going to playgrounds and they were not honoring the six feet social distancing. So they closed the playgrounds down. They took down basketball goals because people were playing basketball. And clearly you can't do basketball and be six feet apart. I mean, they've they've given authority to police officers to, you know, make sure people are honoring that. Sometimes people will get randomly stopped on the road just to see where are you going? What are you doing? You know, do you have one of those like cards that gives you the right to be on the road, meaning you're an essential quote unquote person going to your essential job? Um, and if not, the police officers have been given authority, um, if need be, to not only give warnings, but to issue citations. And if need be, I mean, jail time. If I guess if somebody's a repeat offender, I mean, this, this is nuts. I think we've just, we're in this time. We didn't realize all of a sudden we were going to be living through some part of history that was going to be documented in the annals, but we apparently are. Um, the day that I am recording this, 
is, let's see, it is April 4th, 2020. Um, so we, at this point, we don't know how long all this is going to last. I mean, people's vacations are being shut down, um, hotels closing, uh, any form of hospitality closing down, they're closing their doors. Um, cruise ships at this point are considered just humongous petri dishes of viral, of viral infection. It's nuts. There was several, um, cruise ships that were sort of parked, whatever you want to use that word, (laughs) floating off of, um, Florida, off of one of the Florida coasts of Fort Lauderdale, I think it was. And they had, the virus was spreading on board. They had people that were dying. And then the Fort Lauderdale officials didn't really want that all dumped into their city. It, it's just, you don't even know how to, it's, it, you, you just get speechless, speechless. But there's also a lot of awesome things happening too. There's people that are reaching out and uh, trying to be helpful to one another, you know, going out if they're going to the store asking, you know, can I get you something while I'm out so you don't have to go out? Um, you know, just trying to make, put signs in their windows and their doors uh, that are encouraging and humorous and uplifting. And um, there's just a lot of good stuff going on too. A lot of wonderful humanity out there that's reaching out and just trying to lift each other up. I thought something I might do is list out a few things that might be helpful. Since because in my practice and doing telehealth, I get to hear what's actually going on inside of the homes, what you're not seeing. What we see is we see all these deserted streets, these deserted playgrounds, but you don't see what's actually going on within the four walls of all of these homes where parents have been told to go home and try to do their job from home while their children are no longer in school because school's been canceled. The children are also at home, and then you have all the pets and all kinds of stuff going on, and people are getting on each other's last nerve, and it's hard. So I thought I'd just come up with a few things that hopefully would be helpful to someone out there The first thing that came to mind, number one, take a bath, take a shower, okay? You may not have to. Uh, You may feel like, I'm at the house. What do I care? It'll make you feel better. It will make you feel better to get up and clean yourself. Get in the shower. Enjoy the feel of the hot water because we still have water. We still have hot water. That's awesome. So go in there and enjoy it or soak it a nice bubble bath enjoy that that warm water and the the nice scent the smells of the the soap and the shampoo and the body wash okay get in the shower shave all right women shave your legs do it for yourself all right guys shave your face if you're trying to grow a beard fine but it's going to make you feel better if you're not a bearded guy it's going to make you feel better to shave your face So do it. Ladies, put on your makeup. Just do it. I know you don't have to. And you don't need to do it every day. 
but try to do at least some of your makeup some of the time. It will make you feel better about yourself if you normally wear makeup. Fix your hair, guys and girls. And again, you don't have to do it every day. You don't have to do it maybe as much as you did when you were going out to jobs and such. But do something. It will help you feel better. Put on some nice clothes. And again, you don't have to dress up in suits and stuff because you're at the house. But I'm just saying, once in a while, put on something other than your yoga pants or your pajama pants. It'll just make you feel more efficient. It'll make you feel more productive. It'll make you feel more positive, more energetic if you do these things. Number two, create some kind of structure for your day, some kind of a schedule. Think of it like a house that's being built. At some point, the framing goes up. And the framing gives the house structure and it delineates one room from another. That's what you need in your daily life. Before the corona apocalypse happened, you had structure. You knew you got up at a certain time because you had to get the kids ready for school. You had to get ready for work. Then you'd leave at a certain time. You drop kids off. You go to work. When you get to work, you know, you do your thing. Or if you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a stay-at-home dad, you had certain things that you did throughout the day. You had a job description and then you had like an end of that day and you'd come home and you fix supper and then you do your evening things and the kids did homework and had their after school snack. You had structure. People function better with structure. Children function better with structure. You know, you go into any kind of kindergarten class and there's structure. There's like, you know, center time and there's time to go to lunch and there's time to go to recess and there's time to work on this. I mean, there's structure. Children function better. Everybody functions better when there's some kind of a schedule, a routine, a structure. So create that. If you have several people in your home and several children, they're at different ages with different personalities, different interests, different levels of attention span, it might make you, it might take you a minute to sit down and work it out. But I guarantee you it's worth it. You might even want to put it on some poster board and tape it to the wall. You need it. Now, along with the daily structure, number three would be establish some household rules. For example, who is going to watch the kids when? Okay, like tag team that or whatever. Um, where are the designated work areas? Whose work area is where? When are the meals? When are the meal times going to be? When are the snack times going to be? When is cleanup time? When is bedtime? Just what are the rules of the home now? Because this is a totally different landscape. This is not one extended weekend you need to create structure for your home and you need to establish rules. Everyone functions better when they know what the rules are. Number four, divide up chores and let kids have some chores as well. And you might even want to set up a reward system for when the rules are followed and the chores are completed without arguing. You know, reward the children for doing that. Kids like to have responsibilities. They like to see that they can accomplish something, that they're part of the family, that they're needed, that they have a purpose, they have a use, a sense of usefulness. 
And they're kind of, you know, the kids are just kind of going wackadoodle right now, too, because they're used to their school and going and having structure and accomplishing their homework and, and having tests and this kind of thing. So they're kind of walking sideways, too. So divide up the chores. Create a list. What chores are they? Who can do what? How often do they need to be done? Um, some things might need to be done once a day. Some things might need to be done once a week. Who's doing what? Figure it out. Write it down. Number five, consider preparing a project list and have one list for the kids, little projects that the kids could do, and have an adult project list. Have this list available for when you have unexpected spare time, whether it be cleaning out a junk drawer or cleaning baseboards or cleaning off uh, blinds, you know, cleaning off shelves, cleaning out closets. Um, there's all different kinds of things. You know those things that you just never get around to because there's never any time? Well, guess what? There's some time now. And everybody's at the house together. So, you know, have a little project list. Again, one for kids and one for adults. And you might even, for the kids, set up a little reward system. Like if somebody voluntarily wants to do a little project, give them a little reward for it. Okay? Also consider, don't get overwhelmed with the projects. Take things in small bites. If you're looking at a closet, you can either say to yourself, okay, I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes working on this closet and then I'm going to walk away. Um, if you're looking at, for example, a whole room, you might say, well, rather than being time contingent, you might say it's task contingent. Like I'm going to go in and I'm going to clean out this drawer of this dresser and that's all I'm going to do today. So don't get overwhelmed. Take off small bites. You can, like I said, you can make it time contingent or task contingent. Number six, try to take short intermittent breaks. These can be five minutes, that can be 15 minutes, whatever, but do those throughout the day. For example, walk around outside. If it's nice weather, get outside where you, the sun can warm your face. You can smell the, the spring coming in the air. You can hear the birds singing. Uh, you can see the, the leaves on the trees and the, the grass that's beginning, you know, greener. Get outside. Or you might want to listen to some music. You might want to do a mindfulness app exercise. There's all kinds of mindfulness apps. And I think I might do an exercise on another episode where I take you through a mindfulness exercise. But there's all kinds of apps. There's like Calm, Headspace, Simple Habit, Breathe. There's all different kinds of apps out there. Usually the first 30 days is free. So you can kind of figure out if you like it or not. And then after that, they start charging you a monthly fee. Some are more expensive than others, so, you know, do your homework. But the exercises themselves only last about five minutes. I'm a big fan of mindfulness exercises. You might, you know, during one of your breaks, you might also want to practice deep breathing. You might do some yoga poses. There's all different kinds of things you can do. But if you do these throughout the day, they will help keep your stress level down. Number seven, reduce your expectations of yourself 
and your expectations of those around you. Because we are all in this weird, funky stew together. And most people are just giving it their best shot. They're trying their best. But you have some family situations that are very stressful. There are situations where, you know, the parents don't really get along. Maybe they didn't get along before, but work and kids kind of provided a buffer. But maybe now that's not the case. And so maybe there's some stressful situations that are just elevating and elevating and make making the home situation feel like a red zone or like a war zone. So just reduce your expectations. Don't expect as much from yourself or from those around you. Just try to calm that down a little bit. We're going to pull out of this. This is going to, this is not the new norm, but we're going to have to do this for a while. So let's just chill it down a bit. Number eight, consider journaling. Journal your thoughts, journal your feelings as a means of processing your internal dynamics before you lose control and blast out over whoever is nearby. For those people who have listened to my boundaries episodes, they'll know that, you know, your feelings and your thoughts and your actions are your responsibility. Do not be blaming other people for something you're doing. If you're feeling that you are getting very, very stressed and you're about to blow your top, then walk away. Remove yourself from the situation. But something that can help you along the way is to create a time, maybe in the morning, maybe in the evening, to do some meditation, maybe a devotional time where you journal, where you kind of talk about what's gone on that day, talk about how you're feeling, talk about what you're thinking, um, and have it be a non-judgmental place where you can just, just vomit out whatever your thoughts and feelings are, because it's okay. Whatever you're feeling, whatever you're thinking, just get it out on the page. It's much better for you to do that and examine what's going on inside of you than just not even manage it at all and blast it out on somebody else and then blame them for it. No. If it's your thought, if it's your feeling, if it's your action, that belongs to you. Number nine, consider implementing some small random act of kindness. This will shift your focus from things that are stressful to something more positive. And again, I mentioned earlier about taking small bites. That applies to everything. Sometimes it gets a little frustrating when you see these huge random acts of kindness that people are doing. It can make us feel bad about ourselves. Like, what's wrong with us that we're not doing some big grand gesture? That just adds more stress and that doesn't help. If you're somebody out there that can do a grand gesture, that's awesome and that's wonderful. But if you're like most people, maybe something small, you know, like sending a card to somebody or texting your neighbor to see if they need something, just something small that you could do that will help shift your focus from all the frustrating things to something a little more positive. Number 10. If you feel that your emotions are reaching a red zone, walk away until you are calmed down. Now, I know I mentioned this a little bit earlier when I was talking about number eight about the journaling because they kind of go together, but it is something separate. You are responsible for your emotions. Your children are not. Your spouse is not. 
you are. Because other people cannot read your mind. They don't know what you're thinking. They don't know what you're feeling. And so if you're to the point where you're about to blow it, just walk away. And I'll, I'll mention something here in, in a few minutes that'll, be, that'll help that as well. But number 11, find some funny videos, maybe YouTube videos or some funny movies, because laughter reduces anger and anxiety. So intentionally find things that are funny, find reasons to laugh. It's much more difficult to stay angry and stay anxious if you're laughing. But it's not just going to fall into your lap most of the time. There are a few people out there that are exceptional at finding humor in things. I just love those people and I so admire them. But most of us aren't that way. You have to be a little more intentional about finding something that just makes you giggle, makes you laugh. That will reduce your anger and it will reduce your anxiety. Number 12. If the interactions within the home are becoming tense... If people are feeling unsafe, like they are possibly in danger, then it might be helpful to develop a code word that when anyone says that word, that means that whatever's going on, whoever's talking, the talking has to stop. Now, I would suggest that you all work out ahead of time if someone says the code word, like hypothetically, let's say the code word is popcorn then let's say people are, things are getting heated and somebody can tell they're starting to feel unsafe in their home. So they say popcorn. At that point, everyone goes to a pre-designated space and you would need to develop that obviously beforehand so that because since everybody's crowded in there together, it's a little more difficult to separate. But the separation is created like a pause button on a remote control so that emotions can calm back down. So whatever it is that's going on that's causing the upset can be addressed in a solution-oriented, problem-solving manner and not in some crazy, out-of-control, yelling, screaming profanities like, like, like some kind of junior high kids on a playground. And adults, like it or not, you're the ones responsible for this. You're the ones that are driving the train. You need to set the examples. So let's say you get together as a family. Everybody designates what their area that they go to. Anyone has the right to call the code word. And when the code word is called, the deal is everybody has to respect it. Whether you like it or not, whether you're right in the middle of blistering somebody with your words, you have to clamp your lips together and go to your pre-designated space. And I would suggest that at that point, everybody has a, their phone. You can put a timer on the phones and say everybody has to stay in their space for like five minutes or 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be a really long time. It really doesn't take that long for emotions to calm down once everybody separates. It does help. I will say that when you are separated and you have gone to your pre-designated area, if you do something that is calming to you, whether it's deep breathing, whether it's doing a mindfulness exercise, whether it's yoga poses, um, there's any number of things that people like to do that helps calm them down. 
And again, sitting there blaming other people because you're upset is not helpful. You are responsible for your own emotions. Other people are responsible for theirs. Let's get that straight. It's much easier to come back together and solve the problem if everybody understands that. Otherwise, you're going to have a group of people that are blaming and, and wagging fingers. I'm only, ma- I'm, I'm only doing this because you blank, 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 fill in the blank. Okay, everybody take responsibility for their own thoughts, their own feelings, and their own actions. Stop blaming other people. And if you feel like you're getting to the red zone, that you're stressed out, things are just going to crazy town and you're going to lose it, call the code word. Everybody goes to the pre-designated area for about five or ten minutes, calm it down, and then come back and solve the problem. The last thing I want to throw out is number 13, practice gratitude. Now, this is something that is good to practice all the time. You're not going to feel very grateful if you let yourself jack up all the way into a red zone because you're going to be full of anger. You're going to want to yell and scream. You're going to want to hit a wall. You're going to want to spew profanity. None of these things are good choices. This is a person who has lost control of themselves. If you can practice the things that I've mentioned along the way and also notice the things that you're grateful for. Are you able to walk around and you're not in a wheelchair? Be grateful. When you open your eyes, can you see? Be grateful. Are you at your home and not in a hospital? Be grateful. Do you have food in your cabinets? Be grateful. Do you see what I'm saying? We have a lot of stuff. Do you have water? When you go to turn on your spigot, does water come out? Be grateful. When you go to, do you have a microwave? Can you cook something very easily in a microwave? Be grateful. You have a home that has air conditioning and heat. Be grateful. There's a lot of things to be grateful for. And if you notice someone around you that maybe doesn't have the things that you have, maybe you can share. But the more we... Focus on things that we're grateful for that helps to balance out the other stuff we have to deal with. It isn't very pleasant. So I hope these things maybe have provided you, maybe you can find one or two things in this list that will help you deal with this craziness that is our life right now. The good news is that it won't always be this way, but we do have to face what's in front of us right now. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.